I think one of the best examples of figurative language in the poem is personification. I love it. You love see it like throughout too, like starting in the first yeah. stanza, like the first line. So what it's really line throughout the poem, isn't it? It's the really throughout the poem, but the, the first time you see a tree, like the first line. Yeah. Because yeah. like I saw two trees embracing. Trees can't really embrace. I mean, that's that's, true. that's just what <laughs> I've ta been taught. But <laughs> what were yeah. the lines? It was lines one and two. Two yeah. trees embracing, one leaned on the other. Yeah, yeah they don't <laughs> usually do that. You no, know, not that I know. They gave them pronouns as well, she and he, throughout the entirety of the poem. Mm -hmm. So that was yeah. Line. That's more personification. That was like in the last three lines of the uh, of the first stand, and it was like, since they're twin youth, maybe she had been pulling him toward her all that time. So now we know there's a male and a female in trees. Yeah. yeah. Biology failed to cover that. Isn't there male and female for trees in general? Oh wait. No. Are there? I think they are. Have, plants can have genders. That's cool. I, I didn't that. know that. For a fact. So even more like, of a there's no way for us to tell. Type thing. Yeah, there's no way. Okay. Maybe it's even a metaphor. Oops. Anyway, yeah. off topic. <laughs> um, speaking of metaphors, there are a couple different similes in. <laughs> Speaking of metaphors, there are similes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are similes in line two and three, as if to throw her down. That's yeah. clearly a, a simile because mm -hmm. as if, you know? Yeah, using the word as. Yeah. Which I like. I yeah. like that uh, the author uses that yeah. in order to portray her more personification of the trees. She's again trying to. Say something. Oh, no, I'm just And then uh, stanza two, it happens again. It looked like he was crying. So, again, more okay. similes. Yeah, that's like, like a little mix of both. Like, yeah. personification simile had a little baby. I know. I think personification just kind of like goes with the whole. Yeah. yeah. Like, when was the last time you saw a tree cry? Hmm. Um, it's one of the Disney movies. Movie. Mm -hmm. Disney. True. Pocahontas. Pocahontas, yes. Yeah. Cause so, of the Wind Who. <laughs> We've been taking notes as we've been reading through and we've been trying to like understand because now we can clearly tell from the personification that we're going to treat these two trees as people with emotions, with lives. I mean, of course they're alive, but sorry, tree huggers, but um, like for when it says, but she was the upright one. The first thing that like I personally thought of was like golden child, upright, like does everything right, straight, follows down that like straight path, listens to everything. That's just what I thought. I thought of it a little bit differently. I thought of upright as in like she's standing up against something. Not literally up against a wall, but like like she's you know, she's taking her stand. She stands you know. on her own, right? Yeah, stands on her own, doesn't doesn't need anyone like, else. Whereas um I believe it says I don't know where it says, but he one leaned on the other, there it is in line yeah. two. He is leaning on her, so she is Carrying, uh, yeah, carrying him. She's just not necessarily the stronger one, but she's standing up to him, and he he depends on her. I think yeah. the author is making a statement about like dependency, mm -hmm. and it sounds it to me from the very beginning. It kind of sounds like they're siblings, and from my own point of view, I know that my sister was at when she was younger more dependent on me because I am. The older one because I am the more upright one, if you will. So that's what I thought. Of. And it does say all that time. So these uh, two trees have clearly known each other and been together for a really, really long time. For youth as well. That's what it says. And since, since, since yeah. they're twin youth. So mm -hmm. we know that there is some relationship there. And, and the they've word been together twin, for a long time. The twins does. Twins rely on each other. So. Twins rely on each other. So, um, yeah. 
I think that we've kind of covered the figurative language, so let's just move on to imagery. Yeah. So for syntax, syntax I need a little bit of understanding what syntax is. Like the sentence structure. structure. Sentence yeah. structure. So and that includes repeating. So we have a lot of that. We yeah. Just, we did talk a about a lot of that. Repeating stuff. So the first time, first stanza, or not the first stanza actually. I think it's the beginning of every stanza. She starts a new stanza when she talks about a new person. The author, I mean. So, for example, the first stanza could be talking about the girl tree. The next stanza talks about the boy tree. And it just repeats back and forth, back and forth, until you get to the last two stanzas. Which, um, yeah, which are about both of them. Yeah, about both of them. So it, it kind of creates a chronology of the poem, where it's both of them separate, and then, as they talked about earlier, they're together, and they can never when be apart. When they're tangled. Yeah, exactly. They're tangled. <laughs> there we go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone want to talk about the next one? Um, there, well, there's a lot of repetition with the all that time mm -hmm. as well, which happens to be the name of the poem, so that's kind of dandy. That. <laughs> I wonder why. It, it makes the point. Exactly. Yeah, about him changing. I haven't been, like, for a really long time, the relationship, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. All that time. All that time. And then, um... You want to talk about the next part? The repetition of the of embracing. Mm -hmm. It brings the poem right back to the very, very uh, first stanza, which is a good full circle, which I enjoy from the author very much. The embracing. embracing yeah. It's actually throughout the entire poem. Yeah. Um, that specific it, word is used in the last stanza and the first stanza. Yeah. So that is a nice little touch. Yeah. So it makes us know that it's important and the author definitely wants to mention it and know that we see it and notice it. So yeah. It's a little bit ironic because it says embracing, but it sounds like they're fighting. And when you embrace someone, mm -hmm. you're hugging them. You have a nice relationship with them. Yeah. You can embrace someone negatively, though. Yeah. You can, like... I mean, if you're wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. Wrestling. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Wrestling is Punching. hugging, but it's still embracing yeah, negatively. Yeah. So those are all the fids, I believe. Mm -hmm. So next, we're going to get into other stuff. Well, right now, there's still lenses. Yeah, our lenses. And then it says, make her bend over backwards from just a little bit. And that sounds to us like it's a little bit of mockery. Yeah. Definitely mockery. Definitely I mean, mockery. Just a little bit. It's just bend over backwards. Like, just, they could just, have just a little stopped. bit. Yeah. Could, the author could have just stopped at make her bend, bend, bend over backwards for him. Yeah. That just a little bit is unnecessary, but it kind of changes. The tone. It changes the way you look at it. Yeah, yeah it changes the tone. It was like that one poem with the comma. Yeah, well, the, whole the, the eagle. We read the eagle yeah. earlier. And I was and like, what? Having a comma in there just changed the entire meaning of the poem. So you just got to look for those little details. And then you have to think about why did the author use that? Exactly. Yeah. Why did the author say that? Who are these head. trees? It just reminds me of when it says like, um, like you know, when it says like she was the straightest one, and like that's a fact. That just a little bit does the same. I think has the same function as the little bit of that other sentence that mm -hmm. said uh, that's a fact. Not necessarily yeah. mocking, but it does the same thing where it changes your perspective like what the author's trying yeah. to say okay so next we're going to talk about syntax we don't have too much about this oh. so now we're going to talk about diction it's all about the word choice that the author uses which is kind of everything yeah. because we um that's what we're reading we've kind of started talking about it a lot already because yeah. it kind of goes along with figurative language and the yeah. image and detail it goes with everything it's just how the author does yeah. words to write a poem yeah and, um, <laughs> Right up in stanza one, we have the line, line three, throw her down. And we talked about this with previous poems of when they use words that literally sound like how it is, mm -hmm. like throw. Yeah. Th 
throw. I mean, Very think impactful. about that. Very yeah. Just boom. Throw them. <laughs> throw her down. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? No. Is she okay? Power Fire. also makes the sound of going down. Yeah. Down. True. You know, just as Crow does the exact same thing. Also sounds a bit aggressive. It is very aggressive. Yeah, yeah it's aggressive. And then we also talked earlier about twin youth, and we're gonna talk about it again because it's very important. Um, at least we think so. So we said for addiction, it's talking about how they rely on each other, the two trees, because it's all they've ever known. Twins, you know, they were born together, I guess. The fertilized egg. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. They've always been together. Really science, you know, yes. they 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 know each other. They. They're they're always together. They're not roommates. To say it. Yeah, yeah, they're they're roommates. They're roommates. Yeah. And they always roommates. have to. They're they're stuck to each other, just like we were saying before. They're they're never gonna be able to break apart. So yeah. <laughs> so stanza two. Anyone next one? Um, thin, dry, insecure. Found in line mm -hmm. eleven. Yeah. And um, thin, dry, and insecure. Yeah, that's a pretty good word choice, I'd say. And it kind of gives us this idea that. He's sucking the life out of her, which, oh my gosh, how to read literature like a professor. Everyone's a vampire. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh. <laughs> Wait a second. Everyone is a vampire. Um, talking about the word choice, thin and dry are both very short words, yeah. which I like because it gives a very matter of fact sort of tone, if that makes sense. Is anyone mm -hmm. else reading what I'm dropping down? Insecure yeah. dry. Insecure is a little bit longer, but it has the same sort of idea. So if you're pretty thin, you're you're probably pretty, like, you know, like, if you have thick skin, mm -hmm. that's saying you nothing really bothers you. Insecure um, is almost the opposite yeah. of that. So if you're thin, if you have thin skin, everything bothers you. You're probably yes. very insecure. So that's how there's a connotation mm -hmm. between it and that kind of goes along with like the other diction we had in that stanza was the wind warped so like you said you, you've got thin skin you, you don't have a thick skin you can't like stand up to anything yeah. so wind warped yeah exactly the wind, yeah. wind kind of moves your thin skin so it yeah. goes along with it yeah, oh, cool. get pushed over. The thin dry the thin dry insecure one also makes me think of somebody who's weak tired who's been struggling like that's just mm -hmm. what i think of when, yeah. I, when i hear those words i think of someone who's gone through a lot mm -hmm. is still going through a lot and is just is trying to like take a breath they're trying to move on but here it doesn't seem like there's much hope for that as yeah. a result right. they're kind of dead weight yeah pretty much so stanza three had a lot of diction mm -hmm. that we found love it um the I first example being weaken her break her make her line 15 to 17. I think that's really part of that rhymes. I mean, I know those are taken from different parts of the rhyme. line, but like, I, the poem doesn't, it's not, it's not a rhyme, rhyming poem, but that, that part is very like, well, there's it, a it verb makes, repetition. Yeah, it makes it's a little the repetition her, the there. Her, yeah. yeah. And it's the same sort of sounds. If you, if you notice that it's mm -hmm. weekend, weak, break, make, it's all the same sort of yeah. sounds that you make with your mouth. So that's definitely something to pay attention to throughout the poem, but this is definitely the most we've seen in stanza three. Yeah, so it makes you wonder why the author chose to do yeah. that. It's very forceful. Yeah. I think it's interesting when it says make her bend over backwards for him, because that could be interpreted as like, oh, he kind of wants to be the boss and she's got to do whatever. Well, it also it makes me think. Or like, it makes me think that he's like pretending to be weak. Like he's manipulating her. Mm -hmm. That sounds like and, it, yeah. And wind warping, that is manipulating, isn't it? Yeah. Warping yeah. is manipulating. Warp. Yeah, it is. So, there's definitely that 
bridge between that those but then two you go back ideas. to where it says she was the upright one which means that like she doesn't like she doesn't fall down easily she doesn't but here she's uh, her, her she's standing doesn't against, falter. She's, she's standing, standing against, against his warping. <laughs> against you know? him. I and I think of mm -hmm. that as like maybe he's trying to get her to communicate better with him. Welcome back. Um, we're talking about we're talking about details now. Does anyone else want to start it off? Details. Already? Yeah, mm. details. Well. We kind of already, details go along with imagery because it's the details that make the image. Yeah, we didn't know what that meant at first. We yeah, it took us a bit. Yeah. But now we're okay. Yeah. And we've been like trying to, um, we've been trying to put the whole story together and little details here and here have been helping. It's like twin youth, we were thinking siblings. It's also a possibility they could, um, they could be married because like it says in stanza three, he had maybe he had been trying to weaken her, break her, or at least make her bend over backwards for him just a little bit, and like so somebody somebody had to do something, and it says like in stanza four he had to change himself for her, even if it was for the worst. So maybe like, so we're thinking maybe it's possible like marriage idea they're trying to make this marriage work, but it's all like but she's not, but it's all but it's all him. He's trying to fix it. Details are weird because they kind of are like diction. Yeah, that yeah, kind of overlaps because it's about over. like the words you pick. From my understanding, details are the details that make the imagery. Yeah. So they mention in stanza two, for example, thin, dry, insecure one. That is not only an imagery sort of line, but it also gives the details of the words, the thin, the dry, those, um, how those are kind of coherent with each other that's the detail that makes the image so vivid in your imagination sort of thing mm -hmm. so that's what I have for my understanding of details and that's one example of a detail that was in the poem um, another example would be a very important line that my group found was line 24 the most stubborn the straightest one that's a fact and this this line comes off very logical, which is the irony of it is because it says that's a fact, so it obviously has to come off very logical. And it's um, the most straightforward part of the poem. The entire poem is talking about other things, but this is about, this is the most straightforward, which is, I think, what Sam pointed out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Think, Definitely. Yeah, I think that that's an interesting <coughs> line because she, it doesn't just say she was the most stubborn. No, it says she was the most stubborn, the straightest one, and then that's a fact. Keeps going. And I don't get yeah. why. Why? What, it's like putting a lot of emphasis on it when you when you continue it and you like not reiterate it, but you basically do reiterate it. That line's a big contrast from like the rest of the poem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's all about like yeah. the feeling. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of very like not necessarily like light but like it feels very like it's it kind of it's flowy. like a tree it yeah. flows yeah it yeah, flows in the wind like and really then that line is just like the trunk it's just like that's a fact you know it's right there i don't know why i thought of the trunk but you know goes with the tree imagery i, I guess i like that yeah <laughs> um and then our last sort of example is the same thing that katie had mentioned about the sound of rubbing mm -hmm. and it's them rubbing on each other which is in stanza five yeah that's um, the last line so we kind of decided that there were two different connotations right mm -hmm. and 
I mentioned the negative one because and I said rubbing the wrong way which is kind of a figure of speech that is in our everyday life but um, it's like getting annoyed with each other so mm -hmm. it kind of sounds as though um, I'm rubbing my fingernails yeah. to really yeah. get the sound okay um, <laughs> so it kind of sounds, way. yeah, rubbing yeah, the wrong way, as if maybe the two like people that, that that the author is talking about is getting annoyed with each other, or yeah. feeling uncomfortable around each other. And then um, the second connotation you were talking about was rubbing off, excuse me, <laughs> rubbing off of each other, which is not necessarily positive, but it's definitely like they're influencing each other. It could be negative as well, because yeah. I mean you can influence someone in a bad way or a good way. Either it goes either way. So those are just the both, both the ways that we thought about that line. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about diction next. The next thing that Fids calls for is imagery, and obviously every poem usually has imagery, but this one seemed to have a lot of imagery, obviously, about the trees. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, our first example of imagery is going to be line 10, where it talks about wind warped. and the word warped itself is very interesting because you, you sort of think of something that's been almost damaged. Mm -hmm. I, it's frail, it definitely, something weak. yeah, Changed. frail and weak. Changed. Um, you know, so that's an interesting word choice and using yeah. that in the imagery. And it also kind of warped tends, to me at least, it means you can't really go back. You're already warped. You can't fix yourself back to being, not necessarily straight, but like, also unwarped, <laughs> I don't know like, the word. <laughs> for me, if she's the upright one button. and he's like wind warped, kind of states to me like she can resist the wind and she can mm -hmm. resist whatever struggle that whatever happens to her, uh, to, from the wind. And he can't, he's more struggling or maybe he's bending as like he goes with the wind. So if the wind pushes him one day, he'll not stand for it, he'll like, start to change mm-hmm yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of funny to use wind though because like trees are affected by wind but yeah. this doesn't really mean wind yeah I'm gonna go with that yeah. kind of guess it's not really wind we're talking about here yeah no mm -hmm. and I, I right now I can't tell what it is it's but trees. I'm sure we're it's really something. talking about yeah. here either what do but you guys think it is send us in your comments yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great subscribe. and then the second um, example of imagery we talked about was line uh, 11 where it says where their tops tangled which is an interesting um, image because trees can get tangled if you like look up at trees they mm -hmm. are all tangled yeah. nobody does that I do that all I the time do that. I do that I do that um, so, tree at oh yeah, everyone. Is. Trees can get tangled, but it also definitely talks about like it's the idea of people can also be tangled in that both negatively or positively. If you're tangled within each other, you can be really close friends and or siblings because that's kind of what the first stanza gives us. Or you can be, you know, negatively tangled together where you have you're always running in the same direction but you don't really like each other you don't really know each other whatever that yeah. is i also think of like tangled as um it's not uh messy like there's so it's like you know when your hair gets tangled and you like can't it's like messy you can't you can't separate it mm -hmm. you can't yeah. brush it out and so yeah. that's where i think maybe like 
this couple or siblings are having like not an argument but there is an issue there that they can't get past and maybe it's because to show like oh even like if there are issues they can't be separated from each other yeah. they're stuck together yeah they're, they're really stuck together they have to they have to work it out between themselves because they're obviously not going to be able to they can't get away from each other yeah exactly yeah. Um, so and that actually kind of goes into our next e example, which is in stanza six, and it says it was plain they'd always be together. So it basically just reinforces what we were saying before: they're not going to be able to get away from each other. Yeah, and all that was all that imagery was like um, visual stuff. But then in stanza five, they have the very end. Um, it says them rubbing on each other, so that gives you um, imagery that comes in the form of sound. Yeah. Good idea. Good. good <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Alright. So I think we're going to be moving on to details next. So we're talking about lenses next, right? So how we look at the poem in different ways, I guess, right? Let's yeah, yeah, I agree. We're going to try and interpret what the whole overall uh, overarching meaning Maria, yeah, I'm curious what you think your the arching the overarching meaning. Oh, I know is what she thinks. Well, I know what you well, think. We'll have to yeah. get there step by step, guys. Oh. Yeah, I think so first, I know what you guys think first. Well, huh? I see it as a romantic relationship because there's something really youthful about their um, relationship, mm -hmm. and at the same time, though, it seems like they've known each other for a while. But it's like a budding relationship, and yeah. so that makes me think that they're just dating, and the intensity of it really makes me think of teenagers. So it's very, um, I think of it as very uh, high school sweetheart kind of, I guess, going with that romantic relationship yeah. because, I mean, since they're twin youths, means they grew up together. I, I believe anyway. Girl next door. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Girl next door. You know, mm -hmm. you get into it. Oh, that sounds weird. Um, like you're just finding each other as more than just yeah. friends, so maybe maybe that could be it, oh you know. Gosh. Yeah. But again, with the twin youth, that could mean a lot of things, and I think that's mostly where most of our um, lenses are coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because it could mean <laughs> friendship too. Mm-hmm. Because maybe it didn't actually blossom into a relationship. Maybe it's just a really close friendship, and they're just, you know, arguing yeah. it out. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily friendship. I think it's siblings, to be honest. With why do you say that? Well, obviously, besides the fact that it says um, twin youth, and, mm -hmm. but like youth is kind of an overarching idea in general because they could be a lot of things could be in your youth, but it just seems like they're more of a sibling relationship. For example, um, having someone who is of a stronger character like the female tree and having someone who is um, a little bit more um, rely, relying on that other character. Maybe I mean older, 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 younger, older, younger, younger. Yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. I definitely can, I like, I can personally attach that to my <laughs> younger sibling and mm -hmm. my, you know, I actually, I have an older sibling too, so like, mm -hmm. I can definitely see where that's coming from, so that's why I think it's, it's, um, siblings yeah and i think uh, the twin part i think if yeah. they are siblings they'd probably be twins because <laughs> it always says it was plain they'd always to or they'd be together always together which you know everyone knows twins were together at the beginning and they'll always be together you yeah. know they're kind of attached and relationships about this earlier yeah so romantic relationships can be or friendships can end yeah 
Yeah. But siblings like my mom always says that like my sister's always going to be my sister. Exactly. So yeah. Genetics. So <laughs> yep. You're a bit stuck together. No matter yeah. what, like anything can happen. Yeah. She's still mm-hmm. going to be my sister. So this could, that's how I got my idea of it being siblings. Yeah, and I think I, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I think it's more of like a married couple relationship, like woman mm-hmm. and her husband. Because think about it. There's um, like it says, um, if we look you at stanza four, it says that they would like argue, but like he had to change himself, even if it was for the worse. So then that means like I think he's trying to get her to compromise with him because they have all these issues. And with siblings, I don't think that once you get to a certain like point in like your sibling relationship, there's not any fights that you have. They don't, they don't last on like forever. And of course, there's exceptions, but I don't think in this situation there's like this ongoing fight because I've known many siblings who fight, but then just slip away from each other. I but mean, I fight with my brother a lot. Yeah. Not yeah. really. He doesn't talk. But like, I know a lot of people who have fights with their siblings and they they won't talk to them for months. Yeah. For months. Yeah. But then they fix it. And then here it seems like it's never going to fix. And it, and it says like it'd be it was plain they'd be together. It, they'd always be together. It's almost as if they want to separate but they can't. Yeah, and that could count well. towards siblings. Yeah. But to me the way it sounded was till death do you part. And then also in that stanza five, it says at the top, they looked like one. And that made me think of like, oh, it's like the perfect relationship in front of people. Like people think they have the perfect relationship. But then you don't know what happens behind the closed doors. And they're not really in a perfect relationship. They're having all these issues. Are you done? And um, he wants to make her compromise with him, but she won't. And then it says like he's trying to weaken her or break her or like make her bend over backwards for him, maybe trying to get her to communicate with him. But that's also not working. So that to me is more um, a more of a failed marriage than it is like uh, fights with siblings. But I, I do see like the point of both. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously <laughs> for a conversation, it's kind of hard to pin down exactly what the author is talking about. But I think we did a pretty good job of looking at every angle. Yeah, trying Good to figure, job, out, guys. Yeah. Trying to figure yeah. out like different yeah. ways of interpreting it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's us. Yeah, thank you for listening to All That Time. We'll see you next Mace time. Lesson. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> so we're going to go through the poem through what we call FIDS, which is figurative language, imagery, details, diction, and then syntax. And we're just going to talk about it as we go. So... Hi, welcome to the Emergency Exit Only Corner podcast. My name is Megan Baumgarten. I'm Sam Chase. I'm Katie Venard. And I'm Maria Moharev. And we're going to be talking about All That Time by Mae Swenson. You guys excited? Yes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Let's get into it. (laughs) Oh, sorry. So we're going to read through the poem All That Time by Mae Swenson first before beginning our discussion. I saw two trees embracing. One leaned on the other as if to throw her down. But she was the upright one. Since their twin youth, maybe she had been pulling him toward her all that time. And finally almost uprooted him. He was the thin, dry, insecure one. The most wind warped. You could see. And where their tops tangled, it looked like he was crying on her shoulder. On the other hand, maybe he had been trying to weaken her. Break her or at least make her bend over backwards for him, just a little bit. And all that time, 
she was standing up to him. The best she could. She was the most stubborn, the straightest one. That's a fact. But he had been willing to change himself, even if it was for the worse. All that time. At the top, they looked like one tree. Where they were embracing, it was plain they'd be always together. Too late now to part. When the wind blew, you could hear them rubbing on each other.